Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. This morning, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're wrapping up the series. Really, it kind of concluded last week, but I wanted to make today a, a celebration. And so inside of our Passionate Followers of Christ series, I, I kind of titled today, Passionately Celebrate. And I think sometimes in the midst of our churches, in the midst of our, our everyday hustle and bustle, sometimes we forget to just stop and praise God. And it's not always that we have to praise God for a big thing. And it's not only that I can celebrate and praise God that today there was a good surgery and that things went well for my cousin Ricky Joy. But I can celebrate in the small things. Um, for some people, the big, a big thing to you today is that you paid a bill. For some of you today, it's that you're here. It's maybe that you have less pain today than you did yesterday. I don't know, but we can celebrate in so many things, and oftentimes we lose that. And this morning, I just wanted to, to kind of stop today for just a short time and celebrate how good my God is and how good your God is. And I want us to leave here praising God because He is good. And at the end of the service, we're going to partake of communion. And, and really, I, I, I thought... One, how awesome that it is that we can, there's two ordinances that God gave us in His Word to do at the church. And one is baptize and one is to, to have fellowship through communion and breaking of bread. And, and that we can celebrate the life of somebody that, that followed Him in believer's baptism, the death, burial, and the resurrection, and the newness of life that, that salvation is. But then at the end, as we kind of wrap up the service this morning, we can stop and we can say, let me reflect back on the cross a little bit. And let me press forward with what God has called for you to do and me to do and we as a church to do. And so this morning I pray that we'll leave encouraged and excited for what God is doing. I'm going to share some things throughout the service uh, of what He's doing. I'm going to share some vision moving forward and some goals that, that I have that we can uh, collectively gather around. But Second Corinthians chapter 5, we'll start in verse number 14. And it says this, For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus, we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And in verse 16 it says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Father God, this morning I come. Lord, we come as a church and we've celebrated through baptism and we've celebrated and we've worshipped you through the songs this morning. But Lord, I pray that your word would pierce our hearts. God, that we would leave here different from when we came. God, that we would leave here challenged to walk closer to you, drawn closer to you. That, Lord, we would be more in love with you today for being here in your house and for meeting with other believers this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I guess one of the questions that I have this morning as we move forward into the service and into this sermon is, 
as we look at this newness of life and as we look at uh, the passionate life, the series that we've looked at is, is to know Him and to, to walk with Him and to, uh, to worship Him and to share Him and to be, be a united family, looking at our core values and our, our mission statement that we would be passionate followers of Christ. And, and, and as we look at this and I look at this passage of Scripture, I just kind of asked one question this morning. Why are we passionate? Why are we passionate? As we continue to move forward with what God has for Oasis Baptist Church, and this morning, as we celebrate a few things that God has done in the life over the last, uh, over the last four years or so, why are we passionate? Why are we to be passionate about this thing that God has given us everlasting life or a relationship with Him? And my first point is this, because His love constrains us. His love constrains us. And as we look at this passage in verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Really, if we look at these first two points that we'll have this morning, in all reality, they they really tie so closely together. But as we look at this, we love or we, we act and we're passionate about Him and what He's doing because His love constrains us. His love is, is, think about this, His love was shown not because He came to earth, but His love was shown because He sent His Son to die in my place. See, I can express love in many different ways, but I can't express love the way that Christ expressed His love. See, it's one thing for me to reach out a hand and to, to shake someone's hand or to give them a hug and any of you in this room and say, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you. For me to be on the phone with my cousin Michael and I said, hey, Michael, I just want you to know I love you. Man, I haven't talked to Michael. We text every so often on a Facebook message or this or that and I follow his family and it's just the same thing. The social media, that's how we follow people nowadays. But to just reach out, I haven't heard his voice in a long time, and to say, Michael, I love you. I do. Me and Michael were the short runs of the group. I would go to his house, and we would play ball together. Michael's actually about three inches shorter than me, if you can believe that. See, I'm not the smallest one. We went to different schools, but we grew up, and every time I'd go over there, he was an athlete, and I was an athlete, and we'd play against all of the other kids in the neighborhood. And it was always me and Mike against somebody else. And we'd always win, because we were faster. I don't know if we were better. I don't know how that worked out, but it was always, you know, it's the big people versus little people. We had that will, and we were going to beat people. And that's just, if you're little, that's just how you grow up. You're just going to beat people. You have this short people complex. But at any rate, I haven't talked to Michael in some time. It's one thing for me to call Mike and say, hey, I love you. And I do. It's one thing for me to look at my mom or look at my wife or look at my children and say, I love you. And I express it because I try to to sacrifice for my family or I try to do those things. But there is something about the love of God where he gave his life. He left all of eternity. He left holiness. He left, he left the righteousness of heaven. He left the glory of heaven to come down and to, to give his own life for me. There's something different about the love that God has given to us. 
His love is free. It is unmerited. Paul was overwhelmed by God's love. He was in awe. He had a sense of wonder. In Romans chapter 8, it says, he says it this way. In verses 35 through 39, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall it be tribulation or distress or, or persecution or famine or, or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written... For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, nay, no. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Through Christ because he loved us. For I am persuaded that it's neither death nor life. Nor angels nor principalities. Nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Nor height nor depth nor any creature. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate. There is nothing that I can do. There is nothing you can do. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate me or really God's love for each and every one of us. He says it in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 and is similar. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet Christ live in me. And the life with, with I now live, I live in the, I live in the flesh, but it's, it's Him that lives in and through me. In Ephesians, He says, the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. I can't comprehend the love that God has and that He's shown for me. It is the love of Christ that draws us to Him. That one would die for all, therefore all die. That is, those who have accepted the gift of the cross, we must humble ourselves and die to ourselves. Paul was overwhelmed by the love of God. That he would send his son. That the King of kings, the Lord of lords, would come to this earth. That the holy God of heaven would die a substitutionary death for my sins, for Paul's sins, for our sins. It is that love that overwhelmed Paul as it should overwhelm each and every one of us. It is his death that constrains us or should constrain us. That draws us to him. It says we love him because, or I love him because he first loved me. Listen, I wish I could, I wish I could express it in some manner that we could just grasp. Sometimes I just... It's, it's impossible. That love surpasses knowledge. Isaiah said it this way in chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. He says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes... We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned over. I'm sorry. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In verses 11 and 12 it says. He shall see of the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall be my righteous righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. 
And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Listen this morning. Why are we passionate? We are passionate because his love should constrain us. His love constrains us. Secondly, his love desires righteousness. If his love constrains us and if his love, if I'm loving him because he first loved me and he loved me through giving his son to die upon his cro- uh, be, be upon a cross and his love constrains me as his love constrains me because I am, I have died with him because I am, I, I am indebted to God Almighty because of those things. There's certain things within me that I desire to do and I desire to live a righteous life to the best of my ability. Listen, I fail every day. I'm going to fail in this, this point. But my desire ought to be righteousness. Why? Because His love constrains me. His love holds me. And when I recognize... Listen, I, uh, I've never been in the situation where I've ever seen somebody take something that was life-altering for, my, for me on my behalf. I've never been in a car accident where a, a police officer or a firefighter or somebody saw the accident and came in and pulled myself or pulled one of my kids out. But I know that if I was, I would feel indebted to that individual for giving of themselves for me or for my family. And that's just... An inkling of what God did. See, and because he died, see, that changes the here and now physically. God died to send his son to change all of eternity. And because of that, I am constrained by that love. My desire is that I would live a righteous life. It is his love that causes us to be passionate. It is his love that draws us to himself because we are understanding that we don't deserve his love. We don't deserve that God would send his son on my behalf. We are the beneficiary of a love that we aren't deserving of. And when we understand and come to the place where we grasp a hold of it, It changes everything about us. Our desires change. It's in this love that our desire becomes righteousness. That we desire to grow in Him. Romans chapter 6, 4 and 5 says this, Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism. We just did this unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We experienced this just a moment ago. Many of you can go back to a time where you gave your life to Christ, where you experienced baptism, where you experienced that newness of life. I pray that we can, we can go back just a little bit. We can, we can remember that. We can celebrate with those that did it today, but we can also stop and go back and think about that day when we were brought up in newness of life, where we gave our life to Him and, and we, were, we were given that newness of life. We should, it says in that passage, walk in newness of life. Colossians 3, 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. In giving our lives to Him, we are saying, no to me. 
yes to Him. We are not living our lives for ourselves. It's not about me. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone today, and it's something that I've always used uh, talking to teenagers especially, but something I've always said often, but we were talking, I forget the specific context of it, but but we were talking and, oh, it was, I always joke with, he's a pastor friend of mine, and I always joke with him about uh, being big time or whatever, and he was, we were just kind of bantering back and forth, and, and I stopped and I kind of laughed and I said, this is really funny because we have a mutual friend who has a, a church that is much, much smaller than us, probably 20, 30, 40 people. And every time he calls me, he says, hey, how you doing, big timer? And so the pastor that I was talking to, he said, yep, I'm often reminded by my, by my father that when you get to think you're too much, there's 7 billion people in the world that could care less and have no clue that you even exist. And you go, well, yeah, I guess that's true. But as we look through this, If we can stop and realize in the big picture, I'm really nothing. I'm not. You all, like me of some kind, you're here today. Many of you have been here for the last few years, so I appreciate that. But the reality is, we're not much in the scheme of this earth. But yet in our own individual minds, man, we think we're great. We, we are prideful people because we are a sinful people. We, that's our nature. We are sinners from birth up. That's who we are. And so in my nature and in our nature, it's about me and we think we're really great. When we can get to the place where we can say no to me, no to self because God is that good and I'm constrained by his love. Not by my own love for my own self because I am great. But constrained by his love and I desire righteousness to please him and not me and not the people that are around me. That is when we say hey here I am and we recognize that newness of life because we see how awesome that God is. And when you can, man if you get to to share Christ with somebody. I've given you the challenge the last few weeks to share Christ. There is nothing like watching somebody's face or seeing somebody who gets the reality of sin and gets the reality of a God Almighty who died for their sin and they say, that is what I need. That is what I need. That is what I want. And they come to that place and they come to that realization and they realize it's not just about me. It's such an awesome thing. But you know what? In my life that I live, I like to think I'm a pretty cool guy. I like to think that I'm bigger than I really am. But God says, no. Aaron, you must die to yourself daily. And when I get to the place where I can die to myself daily and I can say yes to Christ and no to me and yes to Christ and no to me and yes to Christ and no to me and I desire righteousness. Why? Because His love constrains me. Because I recognize that He died on a cross for me. Everything about me begins to change. My wants begin to change because I recognize it's not about me. 
Romans 14, 8 says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Listen this morning. If you get nothing else, that verse right there should depict all of our lives. Whether we live or whether we die, we should do it unto the Lord. So His love constrains us. His love desires righteousness. It causes us to desire righteousness. And this morning, the last point this morning is that His love burdens us. And as we close out really this morning, this last point is going to kind of lead us right into our invitation time, into communion and a a time of prayer that we're going to have this morning. But His love burdens us. And as we go through this passage of Scripture, um, for the love of Christ constrains us. And in 16, wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth we know Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we recognize God's love and when we recognize that it's constraining and we recognize that our desires are no longer after the flesh but after Him and righteousness, our burdens change. My burden in life changes. I'll say this, four and a half years ago or so, when I stepped in as a pastor at Oasis, my burden changed dramatically. Because I looked at my church differently. In March, it'll be four years since the church, you guys voted me in as the pastor. And I promise you, in those four years, my burden has changed. See, when I was a youth pastor and when I was leading worship and doing some of those things, I had a burden for our people. I had a burden for this city. I I had a desire to do some of those things. But as my position in life changed, my burden drastically changed. And today, as I've grown closer to God and as I feel that I love Him more and as I recognize what He has done for me and I look at my desire of righteousness different today than it was six months, a year ago, two years ago, whatever it is, my burden has changed. See, my burden is no longer just that we have a good worship service on Sunday morning because that was what I was over. My burden is for the city of Las Vegas different today than it was five years, six years. See, we've been here for 12 years. It was about 13 and a half years ago that I went to Mindy and I said, I feel that God is tugging my heart for Las Vegas. See, 13, 14 years ago, my heart and my tugs cry for Las Vegas was not this church. It was the students and the teenagers of Las Vegas. I would sit all through college and I would draw up and I would write out, and I still have some of these, I would draw plans as to what my youth center was going to look like in Las Vegas and how we were going to reach teenagers in Las Vegas. That was my dream. I still love students. I have a passion for young people. But I will promise you this, my burden has changed a lot. See, today I look out and I... I see other young couples that have children. My burden has changed because I now have a burden to see those young couples raise their children in the honor and admonition of the Lord. My burden has changed because now I look out and I see families that were broken and my desire is to see a family that is whole again. 
My desire is so different. Why? My burdens have changed because as I've grown and as God has changed me, my burden has changed. And as we look at this this morning, as we go through and as we celebrate some of what God is doing, our burdens in life must change. If God is constraining me, if I'm looking at the love of God and I recognize that he died upon a cross for me, I am constrained by that love. And when I'm constrained by that love, I desire to live a righteous life. My burdens follow through with that. And as we look at this church this morning, my burden is a little bit different today than it even was a year ago. See, four years ago, one of my biggest burdens was the building that we were in and the debt that we were in. My burdens four years ago, three and a half years ago, three years ago, two and a half years ago, was the hurt of the people of Oasis Baptist Church. Because there was a lot of hurting people that sit in this room. There was a lot of phone calls and there was a lot of conversations of people that were just hurting. Because they didn't know why my burden was a little bit different then see this last year one of my biggest burdens was getting out of that property going through the school phase god i don't know what you're going to do i don't know who you're going to bring every week to the school i don't know how things are going to go I don't know financially what you're going to do, but my burden was, was some of those things that we would maintain and that we could continue to press on. And I'll say this, you were amazing. More so than that, God was amazing. And as I sit here today, I'll tell you this. We got a ticket, $340,000 was the debt to pay off this construction. $340,000. We'll finish that off probably in April. By the time we have all of the floors and everything done, just over 300000 For some, you're like, okay, that's okay, whatever. We started this project with about fifteen to twenty in the bank. Last week, we, find, we gave our final $10,000 to showcase who did our construction And from now on, it's cash to do the rest of the floor and whatever needs done. We don't owe anybody for anything that's been done this morning. To me, that's a huge deal. That was a huge burden to me. That was something that I... I I probably didn't, maybe I didn't express it often, but I thought many times, Lord, I do not want to have... To go to the bank and figure out how we're going to come up with this money. And God was good. That we have wood on this ground today. And that next week when you'll walk in, there'll be a stage. God is good. That at the beginning of March, you'll walk through the doors. And you'll have floors that are beautiful to walk on. Not just a yucky concrete Coming in the entranceway. Because many of you men and women spent hours and hours of blood, sweat, and tears. I don't know if you cried or not, but some of you have blood. Knocking walls out of this facility. See, for some, that's just okay. That was a heavy burden upon your pastor's heart. Because I wanted... 
the people of Oasis to be engaged with the process of what was going on. And when I would show up on a Tuesday night and see 10, 15 guys, that meant a lot to me. When I would show up and there would be food because some of you ladies made food and you would deliver it, that meant a lot to me. When Rustin put together the plans for building a stage and knowing how to do all the lights and all the sound. See, to you, you'll come to church oftentimes and it's just, oh, it's too loud or it's not loud enough or there's too much light or there's not this or there's not that. That's a huge burden to me. Because if we don't have somebody within the body that does it, that means I'm paying somebody else to do it that we can't afford to do. And those are things that you, the church, step up and do. And this morning, there's a lot that I can go into, and there's a lot of things. But our burden has got to change because we are constrained by the love of God. One of the things that that has been a burden on my heart is our missions and what we're doing or we weren't doing. By moving from the facility to the facility we hear, we have more money going towards missions than I believe we've ever had at Oasis Baptist Church. Some of that is local. Some of that will be going abroad. I'll be bringing to you in the next few weeks missionaries that we would like to support. I've been meeting with our deacons, meeting with our finance team to to look over the list of people that we can support. See, to me, coming here and saving money because of not having the big building wasn't necessarily about saving money, but it's about reaching people. And because we're able to do some of the the latter, we're able to reach more people. We're able to do what God has called the church to do, which is to go. And to me, I I celebrate. We celebrate in our finance meetings when we we look at it and we said, hey, one of our goals over the last three years was to do that 10% of our title or our entire budget would go to missions. And this year, for the first time, we got to that point. That's a huge celebration to me. God is doing so much, but the burden of our heart has to be to continue to press on and watch God do what God is going to do. And so as we go through and as I finish out this and as we, we celebrate the baptisms and we celebrate all of these different things, I look at today and I look at so much that God has done so many things at Oasis Baptist Church that we probably often look over and do not celebrate. See, it's amazing to me that there's a group of people every Saturday morning that are in nursing homes that get a hug from people from our church. We don't talk about it, but that's a huge celebration. Because many of those people that are in those homes do not have a family that comes and visits them. They don't have people that love them. But I know for sure that in three nursing homes in this valley, every week somebody's getting the word of God and someone's getting a hug because we love them. I'm excited for many different things. 
this morning, let me give you just a couple things as we press forward. Because this morning isn't just about what God has allowed us to do. It's not about that God has brought us through financially. It's not about any of those things. We exist for people. We exist to love on people. We exist as a church to give to our community, to love and, and bring people in, to bring people that are hurting and to get them to a place where they're healing. And this morning, I, it's not really a vision Sunday, so to speak, but I believe that today can be one of those days that is kind of a new day at Oasis. As we talk about being raised in newness of life, as we looked at our salvation in, in the newness of Him and our burden changes, listen, let me just encourage you, let me, I don't know the right word, but let me challenge you that you would strongly look at your walk with God, at the passion that you do or you don't have, that you would look, are you constrained by the love of God? Is your desire changed to be more righteous? Is your desire, is your love in such a manner that you look at this and, and as we go through this, your burden has changed differently? Because my burden has changed as I've walked and I've grown with Him. And I pray that as you grow, that your burden would change. And my burden and my prayer is that we as a church would rise up to be the church. That not just that we come to church on Sunday morning, but that we would be the church. We would walk as the church. You would be an office secretary as a church. You would be whatever it is that God has called you to be. You will be that because the church isn't inside of this building. The church is you, the people. And you go everywhere all across the city. Many of you are here from out of town. You're going to go back home. And you are to be that church in your place of work. Wherever that would be. And my burden is that we would do just that in our city. And that God would change things. Hey, I have dreams. I want to see this auditorium full. I have a goal that we would see 300 people in attendance this year. For some, you go, that's really big. For others, you might think, hey, that's not big enough. Whatever it would be. I have a goal. I am praying that God would allow Oasis to lead 50 people to the Lord this year. That we would baptize at least 50 people this year. And it's not that we would just have big numbers and that Oasis would be really big and cool. But our burden has to be about people and reaching people and seeing lives changed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this morning as we kind of wrap up and I kind of turn it back towards just a reflective type of a thought this morning. We can hoot and holler because we're able to see souls come and be baptized this morning. We can get excited though nobody cheered when we paid off our $10,000 thing. That's okay. It's exciting to me. I kind of had my own little party over this week, so we're good. We can do those things. I was ecstatic this week when I saw wood come in because I've been wanting a stage for a long time. 
I'm sick of standing up here and people going like this. Everywhere I go, somebody's doing this because I'm not elevated because I'm a midget. Those are exciting things and those are reason to celebrate. But this morning, let me just ask you as we kind of stop and we reflect. I guess the common question would be, where are you? But as we look at communion, one of the greatest things of communion or one of the greatnesses of communion is that we take it as a body for one. But that we stop and we look back and we reflect. We reflect on how good God is. We reflect on the cross. We reflect on the blood that was shed for your sins and for mine. It is a time that we would really stop and and repent and seek forgiveness from the Lord. But that we would just come as a body. And this morning the prayer is that we would as a body say, God, here I am as a person. There's areas of my life, there's areas of my walk that that I need to just draw closer to you in. And I want to do that. Church as a body that we would say, there's people outside of our doors that need a Savior. We have to, as a church, be the church. Because no one else is going to do it. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.